0: Welcome, welcome, welcome back. It's good to be here. I was feeling a little 80s today. I walked in. I know Tyler looked at my blue eyeshadow and thought, hmm, what's going on there? So, it turns out there's a downside to watching Stranger Things. Uh, by the way, if you're not watching Stranger Things, it's, are you watching Stranger Things, Tyler? I, f-
1: I finished uh, all the episodes in season four so far.
0: It's amazing. I love that show. It did This particular season, first of all, two complaints right off the bat. Why does it take six years for them to film a new season? You have me on the edge of my seat, people at Stranger Things. Super excited, and then I have to wait a decade to see the next one. That's a problem, because I forget what happened in the last episode, A. Um, The other problem was this season started a little slow, but it gets good. So for those of you out there who are like, I don't know, it gets good. One other downside, I am the retro queen. I love, love and miss the 1980s and 1990s. And you know, in Stranger Things, they take you back and you just, the homes look retro. Like they do it really, really well. I remember the first time seeing like um, a telephone cord, like a lot, right? Now, I don't know how old you are. Tyler looks young. He's gonna make me feel old in a hot second, but were you around in the 80s?
1: No, 95.
0: Tyler's fired. Moving on. Um, anyway, no, so I was born in 79. It's out there on Wiki anyway, why lie? Um, Plus, I kind of like it. Then people say, oh, you look great for your age. Anyway, I was born in 79 and I was really young in the 80s. So I'm more of a 90s kid. But when I was in college, we used to go to a place called the Culture Club in New York City where it was just like you went there and you partied to like there were like blown up pictures of Madonna and Cyndi Lauper and like it was amazing. So if I could hop in my DeLorean and go back in time right now, I would back when things were simple, times were simple, before all this technology ruined all of us. I'll get to that. But um, if you're looking at the blue eyeshadow and you're like, Jed, what's going on there? Just keep in mind two things for the show. I do my own hair and makeup. So sometimes I'll show up done. Sometimes I'll show up with a baseball cap because Hartley decided not to sleep the night before. Um, And if I look crazy, put the blame on me. (laughs) Don't be like, oh, what did a makeup artist do to Jed today? No, I was feeling retro. I embraced it. You got to embrace it. Embrace it. I did sing a little bit of like a virgin this morning in the shower. I'm just saying, I was in the zone. All right, so welcome back everyone. Yesterday we had a great show, I think. Um, Great comments from you guys. I went home, I saw some of them. It's tough to juggle this all right now, responding and doing everything, I'm doing my best. But I wanna start right out of the gate with something hot as always. Yesterday we talked a little bit about guns, about the second amendment in this country, about your right to self-defense. It's a little bit different over in Canada and I was looking around. I saw some stuff this weekend from Prime Minister Trudeau, who I also call bully Trudeau. Remember when he bullied the uh, the nonviolent truckers in Canada who were fighting against the vaccine mandate? Remember when he went into hiding, too? Yeah. Went into For like hiding. For three weeks. Yeah. He was afraid. He was afraid that there were going to be, you know, what was going to go on. And then he decided that, like any true authoritarian bully, he was going to lock the bank accounts of those who were contributing to the truckers. So... You know, Trudeau knows zero about freedom, cares zero about freedom. And like all bullies, he had a little bit of something to say about the Second Amendment, both in the United States and in Canada. So if you have that clip, let's run that clip and then we'll talk about it. And there
1: are debates and we have a a culture where the difference is guns can be used for hunting or for sport shooting in Canada and there's lots of gun owners and they're mostly law respecting and, and law abiding but you can't use a gun for self protection in Canada that's not a right that you have in the constitution or anywhere else if you try and buy a gun and say it's for self-protection no you don't get that you get it for hunting you can get it for sport shooting take to the range Uh, no problem as long as you go through our rigorous background checks but there's a difference around the culture and one of the things that we're seeing with the debate in the States is you get more and more of the American style you know right-to-carry self-defense arguments filtering up through through the uh, you know the the usual more right-wing communications channels yeah
0: Mm. Oh, the American style freedom fighters. They really make his blood boil. He's an insufferable human. I don't know how else to say it. There are some politicians that you just disagree with. And you're like, you know what, they may be fundamentally decent person. I just see the world differently from they do, uh, from the way that they do. This guy makes my skin, I feel like I have bugs on me, literal bugs on me when I'm watching him speak. How unbelievably condescending Canada, I'm sure, is a beautiful place. The scenery, everything. I am very glad I don't live in Canada. I would be losing my mind under that guy for many reasons. But how unbelievably condescending to say to people, well, you know, you can have your guns for sport. You can have your guns for, you know, for hunting, but you're not going to have them for self-defense. So if, if someone shows up at your doorstep to rob you, huh? sorry, I mean, can you imagine? And I showed this clip not just because I think he's an authoritarian that we need to acknowledge exists, is popular. Some people really like him. Some people in this country really like him. So I think you need to say to yourself, do you ever want the United States of America to turn into Canada? To turn into what's going on there right now? You saw what happened with the truckers. You see what he's saying. He's not shy. It's not like in the United States where you at least have Democrats who are Oftentimes reluctant to say things like, okay, we're, we're not going to take your guns. We just want some gun restrictions in place. Of course, many of them want to take your guns. That's a reality. They do. They would love that. But they're not going to say it outright because if they said that, there would be a revolution in this country. Um, he says it outright. Trudeau just puts it right out there. Imagine the audacity to say that with a straight face and to just be like, yeah, you know, that American style freedom. It's just creeping up. Huh. You should be so lucky. You should be so lucky, and you have been so lucky. Many of us looked at those truckers in Canada and wondered, why aren't we doing that here? Why did it take something happening in Canada? Why are those people mobilized in a way that a lot of people in cities around this country should have been mobilized? Yeah, you saw protests here and there, but you didn't see that. We should have seen that here when those Vax mandates hit. I was waiting for it. I was gonna be out there you know, with my sign, waving it around. It wasn't happening. I did go to a couple of protests, um, and I was grateful that they existed, but should have been bigger, should have been bolder. Regardless, if you don't want the United States to turn into Canada on issues like that, if you don't want an authoritarian like that to have that kind of power, speak up, do something, don't wait until it's too late, don't sit back and say, oh, you know what, I'm going to sit this one out, now's not the time to sit it out. So that's just your reminder, your friendly reminder of what is capable of happening in this country if you sit down and shut up. It's possible. It's 100% possible. And I just wanna remind you of that slippery slope because several years ago, we were talking about Obamacare and we were talking about, Tyler, you remember when we were talking about mandates? They were mandating that you had to have health insurance and the Mm -hmm. fight was like, no, you shouldn't have to have health insurance if you don't wanna have health insurance. Now we're talking about mandating an experimental vaccine. It's like, you must get an injection so that slippery slope, very slippery. Remember that slip and slide you went on when you were a kid? Yeah, that's it. And it's faster and faster and faster. That's all the time that I want to give to Trudeau because that's all the time he deserves.
1: Well, re- real quick, do you, yeah. think, do you think Canada is salvageable? He just won an election in 2021. I think yeah. it's up again in 2023.
0: So I think anywhere, not anywhere. I think a lot of places are salvageable, but it depends on people. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the appetite is there. For resistance, you saw some of that with the truckers. I was grateful to see that. I don't know what segment of the population really is utterly disgusted with what's going on, and how many people are angry, and then how many people are just complacent. Right. So that I would need to, to have a greater sense of what's going on on the ground there. I know that here, there's a lot of people that just kind of sit back. But they pushed too far this time. Right. They pushed too right. far because they came for the kids, right? So I think that I think this whole notion of pushback is really coming from a lot of parents. Right? It's like you'll you'll endu- you'll endure, and you may know this as a parent too. You'll endure a lot of stuff, but once it gets to your kid, you're like, oh, you're no, leave my kid alone. Right. Right. I don't know if you feel that way. But. No,
1: absolutely. And it's I, I was going to mention this yesterday, but we, we even talked about this today on, on Pat's podcast. Um, you're starting to see some companies push back. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago, Netflix came out with the memo that says, you, you know, you as an employee, you may not like all of the content that we produce, but we're still going to produce it anyway. Right. And they were the first to take a stand. Now, how long that lasts and whether other companies follow suit is, you know, another story, but- like we talked about yesterday, you're seeing Daily Wire produce their own content. Mm-hmm. Netflix is standing up. These companies are, they're starting to get sick and tired because it's affecting their bottom line. Yeah. So not just from the parents, but it's going to be good to see what, what kind of pushback we get from corporate America.
0: Yeah, I think my concern is that they get a lot away with a lot when it comes to health. When they can scare you, that's the one area where they realize now they scared a lot of people. And I talked about this yesterday. They scared me. They scared a lot of people and they got away with so much that now there's a barometer of like, oh, so if we scare the population, we can do X, Y, and Z. And look how much control they were able to execute over people's individual health decisions and individual lives and where they work and where they live. And a lot went into and their own business and whether or not they can put food on the table for their own family, for a business that they worked in and put you know, blood, sweat, and tears toward for many, many years. So I do think there's pushback. Um, I don't know. I don't know where this is going yet. Uh, and I think the midterm elections are going to say a lot. And I think the next presidential election is going to say a lot. But what I do hear are a lot of people out there that are like, wow, we 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 were we sat tight too long. Mm -hmm. And now they're they're some of the loudest ones. The ones like me who were like, I was wiping down my packages on day one. We're some of the loudest ones. We're like, oh, you played me for a hot minute. (laughs) Not going to happen again. You brought up the Daily Wire. I'm glad you did. We're going to go to that next. What is a woman? What is a woman? It's a good question it's a fair question. I don't know if you've seen a lot of talk recently about this documentary that Matt Walsh um, put out there from the Daily Wire. I saw it. I watched it. I think it's important to watch no matter where you stand on the issue. You may disagree with Matt. I don't know Matt personally. You may love him. You may hate him. Whatever your opinion on him is doesn't matter. I think he would say the same doesn't matter. I think it's important to watch it because it's eye opening. And what a documentary is supposed to do is, it's supposed to make you think. It's supposed to provide you with information, ask important questions, interview people, and leave you thinking about an issue, no matter where you stand. And that's what it did for me. Um, so I encourage people to go and watch it, and even if you even if you dislike the premise, which is that you know where Matt stands on these issues, and I'm not going to you know speak for him. You can go and check out where he stands. He's not here to represent his own thoughts, so I don't want to. Um, but What's interesting that happened was, is that, you know, in the film, he interviews a whole bunch of people and he tries to get to the bottom of the very simple question, what is a woman? If you're talking about, you know, the ability of a biological man to become a woman, what is a woman? What is the defining characteristic? Can you tell me what that is? You get to the end of the film and no one has been able to answer that. No one who is suggesting that, yes, a biological man can become a woman is able to answer that. In fact, there's a lot of defensive, why are you asking? There's a lot of that that goes on parts of it are funny and whatnot. What I thought was interesting about it is that, and I didn't agree with everything in there, there were some things that I said, well, I don't know if I would have executed it that way. Or as a living, thinking, breathing, free thinking human, you're going to watch something, you're going to have your own perspective that you come out. That's the whole point. That's what they desired. I look at Rolling Stone, which I don't read, but came in my Twitter feed, someone retweeted it. And I see this column just a few days later, why are social media companies taking ad money from a right wing transphobic doc? I was like, okay, here we go. If you go in, into this article, first of all, they call it hateful. I didn't find it hateful. I didn't find him hateful of these individuals. That was not my perspective at all. Also, remember, transphobic. Is that the appropriate word to use? You know, is there a deep dislike? Is there a hatred of trans people that comes across in this film? You'll have to make the judge, judgment for yourself. I, I didn't find that either. You have to be able to ask questions. The question is, what, what is a woman? Answer it. Just answer it. Give your answer. Give your perspective. That was the whole nature of this. Let's get to the bottom of what we're really talking about here. You read the article from Rolling Stone, and it says this. The Daily Wire has bought ads on major social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram to promote the film. And so far, even though the documentary seems to violate TikTok and Meta's policies against hate speech, they, the, the ads stay up. So they're mad about this. They're upset. This was an effort, obviously, to demonetize, to deplatform, to rally, you know, the woke cause to say, I don't care if you've seen it. This is the talking point of the day. This is transphobic. We have to deplat. This is gaining too much traction. This is making too many people think for themselves about this issue. This is presenting an alternate view that we don't want out there. It's not a becoming look for the cause that we Value and appreciate, we don't like it. Imagine if people did this for every documentary. You'd never see anything, you'd never learn anything, you'd never think. You'd have a whole segment of the po- you'd have the whole population actually that would be unable to think, which is what they want. I was going to say, that's the point, right? That's the point. Yeah. A nation of robots. Yeah. Little robots, little very, puppets. Little very puppet.
1: 1984.
0: Very 1984. Very 1984. And they love it. They love it. The less you can think for yourself, the happier they are. So the Daily Wire responded. I was kind of interested. I was like, hmm, I wonder if they watched the film. You know, that was my first thought. Did they watch it? <laughs> Turns out, no. The Daily Wire responded. Uh, this is from the Daily Wire. We have the receipts. Rolling Stone hit piece calls. What is a woman transphobic? But its author watched 0% of the movie. 0%. If you dig into that column, it says that the Daily Wire invited the author's, the article's author Moises Mendez the second I don't know if I'm saying that correct Moises probably if he's I'm not sure to watch the documentary earlier this week and Mendez watched zero percent of the film before reaching his conclusion and locked his Twitter account after we was called out that's my favorite part and then if you go on Elizabeth Garber Paul the editor of Rolling Stone's hit piece managed to sit through a whole 11 percent of the film before she greenlit the article so they didn't watch it they didn't watch it so that tells you everything that you need to know if your goal was to take down the film in a smart intellectual way if you really felt like I'm on the right side of this issue and I need to show why this is wrong. I'm pretty sure the folks at the Daily Wire would have loved that exchange of ideas. That's why he did the documentary. He wanted that conversation. You may not think he did, but he did. He wanted that conversation. And he would have had it on film had those people answered the questions. They didn't want, these people who wrote this article, they didn't want to have an intellectual debate about this. They didn't, or they would have watched the movie. They would have piece by piece. What I would do is I would watch the film and I would go down. This is wrong. Take notes and then come out with a really great article that refutes why these things are wrong. It says, you know, this is wrong because of this. This is wrong because of this. That's not there. This is just like, oh, it's transphobic. End of story. It's transphobic and it needs to be shut down. So that's lazy, it's boring, it's predictable, it's transparent, you're showing your true colors that you didn't You didn't care, you didn't care to watch it. So people out there, if you're gonna criticize something, my rule is always, you can criticize whatever you want. You can have a problem with whatever you want, you can disagree with whatever you want. You may watch this movie, you may take my advice, go home, watch the movie tonight and say, Jed, write me a comment and say, I hated it and here's why. Okay fully entitled to that perspective, but you're not entitled to not watch it and then pretend you watched it and come out with a talking point that a whole bunch of people wrote that you then disseminate through media and all the little robots in the Stafford Wife movie follow through like little robots and they repeat it and regurgitate it and we're somehow supposed to take you seriously. No, you have to earn that. You have to earn the right to be taken seriously. This is not a serious piece. And I think, you know, This topic of gender, we're going to dig into this, um, not fully today, because I want to have some guests on, and a lot of you have been asking about guests. The guests are coming. There's some infrastructure that needs to be in place for the guests, because I am not shying away from controversy, so let's just say that. We need some infrastructure, but um, we're going to bring some guests on, some key guests, and we're going to talk about this gender issue. It's an important issue. And it's, it's a valid question, right? It's a valid question. What is a woman? What is a man? These are just important questions. You can have many different answers to those questions, but it's important that we, that we ask them and that we're okay with having a discussion about what's going on. One of the topics that's kind of come off of this and been really, really important is women's sports and what's going to happen to women's sports. You've seen a lot of coverage of Leah Thomas, um, the transgender swimmer who has been winning Um, beating out biological women, very controversial. I saw an article in the post millennial, um, also over the weekend that says biological males win women's cycling event, kiss while third place female, they mean the biological female cares for child. If you look into the article and read through that a little bit, it says Emily Bridges and Lily Chant, two biological men who identify as transgender, won the first and second place slots at London's Thundercrit cycling event on Thursday. And you can flip through the third place, went to the only biological woman in the photo. She's pictured holding her child and standing. You can see the picture. It'll show you. You can read on if you want to read these articles. So this is, this is a legitimate topic of discussion. That's her. She's holding her little girl. Um, I don't know if they were on a platform. I don't know what's going on there um, that created that dynamic. I don't know. This is a legitimate topic. This is a fair topic. Uh, I am a female. I'm athletic. I didn't really get involved in competitive sports. I ran track in high school um, a little bit more to clear my head than anything. I wasn't that competitive about it, but I had a lot of friends that worked their butts off um, their whole lives really wanted sports scholarships. A good friend of mine in college was on a basketball scholarship and they wanted, they had aspirations of professional sports. Um, that was their, their dream. It's a worthwhile discussion to have in terms of what happens to women's sports if biological men, men that transition and you know, define themselves as women are now able to to play in women's sports. What happens to the biological women? They're they're gonna be at a disadvantage. They are going to be at a disadvantage. What do we do? How do we deal with what's happening right now? And I think it's fair to say that someone, someone Should ask these questions for the women that work their whole lives, since little girl, some some women work from when they're little kids. You know, training for these things. This is their lifelong dream. These are fair questions, legitimate questions. Again, and I'm always curious when these conversations happen where the feminists are, because what I see is is a heavy reluctance to defend women to say this isn't fair. What happens if we wind up in a world where there are men's sports and transgender sports and the women get boxed out completely? It could happen. It could happen. What, are women going to be third and fourth and fifth place? What happens if they can't get that first and second place spot? What, what, what is going to happen here for women who want to play sports and that's their passion and that's their love and that's their dream? Where are the feminists? And... I've always had a problem with people who call themselves feminists, very oftentimes anyway, because it seems like they're not advocates for women. It seems like they're advocates for a liberal cause. And if the actual well-being of women needs to take a back seat, it will every single time in the same way that Gloria Steinem used to be, you know, outspoken for women, but then she would hold hands and chat with Bill Clinton all the time, you know, the womanizer, and be like, oh, Bill, oh, Bill, you know. It seems very selective. It seems very selective. So I think it's a fair question, again, to ask where this is all going, what's going to happen, and where are the people that are supposed to be advocates for women? And if they're silent, why are they silent? Why are they silent? Why is no one taking a minute to think about the other side of this issue? Are they afraid? Is everyone afraid now? Everyone's afraid to speak up because you'll be censored, you'll be labeled whatever, a bigot, this, that, or the other. I mean, no one can just speak and say, uh, hold on a second, I have a daughter who plays sports and X, Y, and Z. I mean, why? Don't allow that to happen to the conversation. Don't allow, I don't care. You get censored somewhere, go somewhere else and have it. Have it at your dinner table with your, you know, your friends, adults. Not a conversation for children necessarily unless you as an adult decide that it's a conversation you want to have with, say, your teenager who's going through this. I'm talking about little kids, two-year-olds, three-year-olds, who some feel should be talking about issues of sex in schools, not me. So I'm putting that out there as kind of a tease because we are, I find it horrific um, what Rolling Stone did just because they didn't watch it. And I find this, this refusal to watch a movie before commenting, this refusal to actually... Voice and opinion, because you're afraid that you're going to be labeled something, it's not helping anyone. It's not helping the conversation. It's not helping any of us. It's not helping. It's not even helping your cause, frankly, because the second you tell someone, oh, I hated this movie and I didn't watch it, you look like an idiot. So now no one even wants to hear what you have to say. Now everyone's like, oh, well, they don't even care about what they're, they're trying to defend or they would have watched the damn film and they would have come out with counterpoints. So it doesn't help anyone is the bottom line. And we're gonna get into this more. That was a tease. And I know there'll be people who say, oh, Dad, don't cover this. It's too. No. I'm here for the controversy. I'm here for the storm. We're in a storm, right? I'm not gonna hide. I'm gonna get my umbrella. Luckily, it's dirty. Not always. Sometimes I fly off. You know, one time an umbrella in New York City, true story, lifted me right off the ground.
1: Like Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins.
0: Floated right on up. I'm not that lightweight. I'm lightweight, but I'm not that lightweight. Floated right on off there. And I think I put out a request. Can someone make an umbrella that, here in Florida, let's put it out there. Umbrella companies, make an umbrella that doesn't enable me to be lifted off the ground by a gust of wind. Let's put that out there. Anyway, I'm built for the storm with a good umbrella in hand. I like to have an umbrella. You need some protection. Um, and so we're going to get more into that in coming. So think about what I asked today. Think about the questions and think about how You may be sitting at home right now, and you may be that person who has an opinion about something and hesitates to share it. Think about a world in which everyone sat back and hesitated to share it out of fear that they would be labeled something. What does that world look like? Scary. It's a scary world. Don't let that happen to this country. I don't care what the issue is at hand.
1: Well, real quick back to women's sports. Do you remember uh, back in 2020, the transgender MMA fighter? Yes. Broke a woman's skull. Yeah. Yeah. And and now a, a couple months ago, California uh, reported they had pregnant female inmates because they were housing them with the transgender right. females. It's it, to your point. Where does this go? Like, where are right. the people that want to stand up for women and protect women? It, this is absurd.
0: So and and right, you're talking about prison. Just broaden broaden it out and say, you know, it started as a conversation. I think about kids' bathrooms
1: mm-hmm. in North Carolina. Yep.
0: And now it's it's broadened out. So just think about. Everything has a slippery slope, right? So just think about where, and I've learned to do this more because I used to be someone who really dealt with what was happening. Let's deal with the now, but the now becomes the later. And what's happening now is that it's becoming the later faster than ever before it seems. So just think about all of those things and all the different areas of life. But more, more than anything, I'm always saying, think about a world in which you decide to stay silent because you don't want to be controversial and what happens then. You have to, conversation is sometimes resistance. It's you saying, that doesn't sound right to me. Here's why. You have to have a voice. You must have a voice. This is not a time, I always say, this is not a time for cowards, and it's not. Not on this issue, not on any issue. Speaking of which, there's a topic that came up that I'm particularly invested in. Um, This is interesting. This is not, it's not strictly political, although I think there are political undertones to it. This is from the Daily Mail, And it's called The Rise of the Tamagotchi Kids. Virtual children that play with you, cuddle you, and even look like you will be commonplace in 50 years and could help combat overpopulation, unbelievable, AI expert predicts. If you read on in, it says these computer-generated offspring will only exist in the immersive digital world known as the metaverse, which is accessed using virtual reality technology such as a headset to make a user feel as if they're face-to-face with a child. And scrolling through that, you can see some imagery of, there are some photos of what that, you know, here's a mom with virtual reality glasses on feeding a digital baby. Look, the next one is a, a woman, uh, a mom. Look at the glasses. I mean, it's, it's so unbelievably black mirror disturbing, lifting up a small digital child. And people look at this, and I think to some it's intriguing. I think to some it's funny, and it's like, "Ha, oh, that's never going to happen. Oh, it'll happen. It's coming. It's absolutely coming. And I think others don't take a second. Some are horrified like I am. And they're like, "This we need to, how do we, how, what do we do? What do we do to protect kids? What do we do to protect each other from this mania? And then some don't really realize, I think, the full effects of this. I wrote a book a few years ago called Hashtag Do Not Disturb. And it delves into technology, and how this new wave of technology that's happening now, not just with social media, but with these metaverses, I go into talking about a video game called Second Life. I don't know if you've ever heard of Second Life. It's pretty fascinating. I write about it in the book. It's basically an alternate universe, a digital universe, where you can go into that universe and you can get married. You can, you can have a whole life. You can have a partner. You can have intimacy. You can display intimacy on screen. You can own a business. You can, And there were people who were spending hours and hours all day, their whole day, with the exception of, you know, time that they actually had to sleep in the real world, immersed in this digital world and completely absent from real life. So there are people that never saw the sunshine outside, who never, you know, didn't engage with their friends, who were becoming overweight because they were having no actual physical activity in the great outdoors. Deeply, deeply disturbing stuff. There were people who were having affairs in the game and their spouses in real life, their partners in real life were learning about it and confused and not understanding what was happening. This stuff is incredibly destructive, incredibly destructive. And what it does, all of it, by the way, is it tears at the fabric of what connects us as people. So that interpersonal connection, the touch, the eye contact, all of that is necessary to build you and to build a community and to build a sense of shared and common purpose and to build a sense of, oh, I get where you're coming from. I don't agree. Civility is built that way. All of those values that you come to hold dear are built that way. Loyalty and humanity and caring for your neighbor, that doesn't exist if you detach from everyone and you exist in isolation in a fake world that is meant to somehow gratify you in ways that the real world that's a little bit harder, it's a little bit harder in the real world, right? Because actually interacting with people is harder. That real world doesn't make it so easy. So let's have a metaverse that makes it easy. Let's have a metaverse, in fact, where caring for your baby can just be all all smiles and rainbows. Let's do that. So what's happening here is you're not building backbones in people. You're not building community between people. Young kids are losing basic skills. Kids don't even know how, by the way, to ask each other out on a date anymore because this is all they do. This. Oh, you want... Cowards. It's a nation of isolated, detached cowards. Cowards. It was hard in middle school. There were boys that came up to me in middle school at the dance. They had to, like, take that deep breath. They had to get their, you know, put their clothes in order. They had to, you know... Fist pump. I don't know if they did that back in the day. Probably with their buddies, and they had to be like, I'm going to go. I'm going to ask her to dance. I'm going to do it. They crossed that dance floor, beads of perspiration, just roll. I mean, it was a beautiful thing. In those moments, little boys became men gradually, little by little. In the moments where a girl got, a young girl got rejected or anything, those moments that were hard, that were rough. That involved, maybe you had a conversation with someone or a fight with a friend and you didn't handle it so well. That built character. That, that, that was a little small step toward you becoming a woman that could one day hold your head high and sit at a microphone like this and do this. Or do whatever you do at home. Or walk into your hair salon that you own and be a boss that day. Or walk into that hair salon and do someone's hair. And when they don't like it, handle that moment, which we all know can be really hard. Hairstylist man, you got it rough. You got it rough. It's not easy to do someone's hair when they're displeased. I'm just saying. Whatever your job is in life, whatever you do, you built that character from a very young age. And a lot of these kids are not doing that now. And these people who create these video games and create these alternate universes, they would love for you to be weak. And first of all, they want to make money, right? So they need you to leave your real life and embrace this this metaverse so they can make money off off of all of this technology. So it's a money game. They also program a lot of these games and social media and whatnot to get you addicted. There's, there's, they actually um, study behavioral psychology, and they go and study it and figure out how to program these apps so that you'll get addicted. So you're like a puppet. I'm sure they do that with the virtual reality games as well. So they need you addicted. They need you isolated. They need you like this. They need you abandoning real life, and they need you weak. Why? Why, you ask? Because a population that's weak is a population that can be controlled. A population that's disconnected from other people is a population that can be controlled. What happened during COVID? What did they do? They locked everybody. You got to stay in your house. You got to stay in your house. You got to isolate. Had that not happened, and look at places where it didn't happen the same way, like in Florida, where people had a little bit, you know what they did? They talked to each other, and they figured out that none of this made any sense they recognized the shared humanity that they each had. And they said, you know what, this isn't my enemy. This person over here that got a vaccine and I didn't. This is just a person who made a different decision. They want you control. They want you to be a puppet, a puppet. And this all this AI is all about that. It's all about that. And the the antidote to this is community is, interpersonal, you know, relationships is eye contact is all the hard stuff, right? Because all the hard stuff builds you up as a person. So, and be, and be, be not mistaken, this stuff will break up families. Um, It will create tension between kids and parents when kids like, are like, Oh, this is what's happening now. This is what I need to be doing. You already see kids look at the obesity rate amongst kids. Now, one of the factors of that is, is that they don't get outside. I played with, like, little sticks and abandoned. Like, I would go into, like, construction houses. I was a real tomboy. I would climb fences. I spent almost no time in my house. The little time I did spend with Nintendo was pretty boring. There wasn't a lot to do with the Nintendo back in the day. It's like Super Mario Brothers, you went in, you saw it, you conquered it, it was done. But what's going on here with these virtual friends you make who you don't know? Oh, your kid's talking to some virtual friend? Maybe it's a 60-year-old. Maybe he's a little weird. You don't know. You enter this world the way they want you to enter this world, you're not going to be able to handle the ups and downs of a grocery store run. You're going to be a weak, fragile, isolated, coddled, protected, I'd rather live in the safety of the metaverse than the really hard real life person. And that is a perfect candidate to be brainwashed and manipulated and controlled. So just so you know where this is going, parents, your kids want to play? Get them outside. You also lose connection when you're in all this. And I know we're guilty of it too, right? Me, I'm guilty of it. I'm sure you're guilty of it. We're all guilty of it because this is the way of the world now. You're in this all the time. You lose connection to the ground outside. You ever heard of those people that do grounding? Do you know what oh, that they is?
1: Oh, they take their shoes off, right? And they walk on the grass and yep. connect with the earth. And-
0: yep. People at home, do me a favor. You're by a beach. You're by some grass. Take your shoes off. Leave this inside. Do me, do me a favor take your shoes off, take a deep breath, put your feet on that ground. If I sound crazy to you right now, so be it. Feel the difference. Take a break from this for two hours. I don't care what you have to do. You may be hyperventilating. When I first, I, I go through and do not disturb, by the way, my addiction to technology, and I was literally sweating. I was like, there could be a message in there that's important. There wasn't. It was my mom, like, as I said before, what kind of tomato sauce did you get from the store that tastes like you know, family, tomatoes, it was stuff like that. It'll wait. It will wait. Do it and tell me how you feel. Okay, because you need to do it in order to realize that all this stuff being pushed on you is poison. You can do it in moderation. You can go on Twitter. We show you articles here. We're coming at you live right now. This is technology. This is but my perspective is not warped. And I don't want to go into a metaverse to escape the reality of what could be a really beautiful life with ups and downs and lessons that build a powerful, strong human being who has self-confidence and is out to conquer. It's not happening in the metaverse. And I'll tell you what, you find your confidence in the metaverse, you take a step back and you walk into the real world, you're going to feel this big. Because you know in your mind that it's not real. All right.
1: So... You know, they're trying to get to the point where they can download people's consciousness to these uh, metaverses and and you can revisit loved ones, right? If your mom passes away, your father passes away, a child passes away, God forbid. So how long do you think until we get to the point that these people enter the metaverse to go see their mother every day or their father every day and they never leave? And and we get to a point almost like a social credit score where you then cannot see those family members unless you meet a b and c demand right right and it's or if even if it doesn't go that far the fact that these people will have it in their minds that they can though the real life person is gone they can still visit them in the metaverse and then they have to leave and it's you want to talk about a warping of reality like you right it's it's people will never be able to cope
0: and also think about everyone's lost someone in their life right people out there if you've lost a parent If you've lost a pet, if you've lost, heaven forbid, a child, if you've lost a loved one, a spouse, whatever it may be, that grieving process is hard. Mm -hmm. It's painful. Um, It's filled with darkness at times. But you find a way to to go through it. Everyone does. You walk through it. You pick yourself up. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, you have the support of family or friends. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're at a point in life where you don't and you only have to rely on yourself. You pick yourself up and you get through it. That person that comes out on the other side, what a warrior. Oh yeah, it's absolutely necessary. What a warrior. And that is the person that when challenged in society by something as simple as a stupid mandate says, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. That's not good for me. I'm not doing that. You pull that out of some, you you change the dynamic and suddenly that person doesn't go through that experience or goes through it in a warped way, mm-hmm. never gets closure, never actually has to conquer an experience or an emotion, no matter how difficult or horrifying that may be. You take that out of the equation, you're left with a much weaker person who mm-hmm. doesn't feel like if the weight of the world falls on my shoulders, I'm going to squat and press it out. So just think about what's behind all of this. What's behind a technology that wants you addicted? What, what is the, I always think about what's the long-term goal here? And the long-term goal is to have more people who flock to that stuff because they're afraid of the real world. Mm-hmm. Fear is a weapon. They're afraid. It's scary. It's hard. It's difficult. It's too challenging. It's too much. Breakups, ugh, I don't need that. Let me just go get a girlfriend in the metaverse. It'll be simpler seriously. Um, Lasting ramifications. And just if you don't care for yourself, because you say, you know what, I'm not going to do that stuff. (laughs) I'm already past that. I'm past that age where that's appealing to me. I'm telling you, I want to get in a DeLorean and go back to 1985. So this is not my zone. But I have a child and he's two and a half and he's growing up in a world where let me tell you something, my kid, true story, my kid doesn't use, we don't have an iPad for him. Okay, He has very minimal contact with TV, watches a little bit of Curious George. He loves it. He thinks he's a monkey. We'll get to that. We got to that late last day a little bit. My husband's at home like, oh, there's a fun, fun joke in there. Jeremy, I'm not telling your joke. It's not that funny on air. Just letting you know. Anyway, my child very rarely gets my phone. When we were driving from New York, we drove here. I drove from New York to Florida because I refused to mask my two, two-year-old. I was like, it's not happening on an airplane. It's not happening. I'm not masking my two-year-old. It's child abuse. I'm not doing it. So I drove here. And in the car, there were some rough patches. And a couple of times, I was like, here's my phone. Do you know? I will tell you, this child mastered just the photos. I would put it on airplane mode. He was looking at the phone. He mastered the little, like, oh, let me widen it. Let me go here. Let me pick this. It was a matter of seconds. And he was a pro on this phone. I mean, way beyond me. Mm -hmm. I saw that. And I said, this is like this is a lesson in like sociology. This, I can't believe what's unfolding. And my husband is very opposed to kids being around all this technology young. And he was like, but we we had to sit for a second and just look at what had happened. That these kids, they're very vulnerable to this and that's all they see. They see you on this all the time. They see the computers. They see all the colors. If you look at the cartoons, there's a reason I go back and have them watch Curious George because the cartoons of today, it's like psychedelics. It's like lights and oh my God, it's like it's too much. I'm like, you want to watch a cartoon? We'll put Curious George. You, you can watch the Smurfs, the old Smurfs that I watched. Right. I told you I fancied myself Smurfette. Just saying. But you can watch that. You can watch Mr. Rogers. You're not watching this. Cra- I mean, it's like, burr, burr, burr. we put on the bubble guppies for like a couple of minutes. I was like, oh no, I'm out. I'm out on the guppies. So, just keep that in mind. They are more vulnerable because they also don't have the frame of reference. So, if I had a normal childhood, I didn't have a cell phone until I was in college. I had a whole youth that I had all those experience of the high school dances and the interpersonal contact and all of that. So when stuff like this comes along, I'm inclined to question it. I'm like inclined to be like, oh, I don't, that's not my zone. I'll do a little. I'm on Twitter. I'll do a little. But I also know, like, I can sense like this was healthy. This isn't so healthy. I have, I have a, a margin of comparison. They don't. All they see, all the, they're inundated constantly, constantly. So just know they are, if you don't care for yourself, maybe you care for your nieces, your nephews, your children. They are absorbing this stuff in a very different way and it's, it's all they see and know. So we want children that are strong and independent and self-reliant who live in the real world and play outside and understand the beauty of sunshine and sunsets and are able to have conversations with someone they date one day. That are intimate and hard and challenging face to face. We don't want children who need to flock to a safe space or the metaverse to escape reality. So I'm gonna say no to the Tamagotchi kids. Sorry, it's a hard pass for me, guys. All right, let's do a little politics now. Who's ready? I don't have a clock in here, so it could be like three hours later. Oh, good time. Okay. I wanna get to a little bit on Biden. Joe Biden. I met Joe Biden. He was lovely. He was very nice to me. Um, was a different Joe Biden back then. I don't. I don't recognize this person right now. Um, he's 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 changed in some ways, in many ways. Regardless, didn't know him well back then. I met him. I was on the view. I interviewed him. But I something is is different. Something has changed.
1: Did he sniff your hair?
0: He did not sniff my hair. I think he said something to me like. I'm a fan. I'm a supporter, even though we disagree or something silly like that. Everybody says all Democrats say that to a conservative. They're like, Oh, I'm a, yeah, you know, I'm a, even though we disagree, you know, something like that. He said, I'm not quoting you, Joe was something that I remember. I told my mom about my mom will remember. She remembers everything. She's right now at home, like texting quote. This is what he said. Don't misquote the president that's happening right now. Live from the Bila house by the, well, not anymore. Never mind. I was going to crack a joke. Sometimes it's just not that funny, Jed. Tyler's like, Jed, you're not a comedian. Stop trying to be one. All right.
1: My, my girl thinks you're a hoot. She texted me yesterday. Really? After. She goes, Jed is a hoot.
0: I'm only funny by accident. So That's okay. I, if I ever had to deliver comedy, every joke would fall flat. I'm funny by accident, usually when I'm doing something that makes fun of myself, because I'm a hot mess. It's clear. Look at my hair. Need I say more? Need I, I, sp- I warned you about the humidity. So people at home that are like, embrace it. I'm Sicilian. Humidity does this. It's passionate. It's exotic. That's what I go for. All right. Daily Mail. Daily Mail. To say our country was on the right track would flagrantly depart from reality. Top Democrats say Biden should not run for re-election in 2024. Interesting. Interesting top Democrats across the country said President Joe Biden should not run for re-election in 2024 as they expressed worries over his current leadership and age. Nearly all 50 Democratic officials interviewed by the New York Times feared a Biden re-election campaign would not help their party against Republicans who are expected to make sweeping victories in the coming midterms. Of course they will. Of course they will. They'll make sweeping victories because of the mandates. Because why? Because the country is falling apart and people aren't blind. That's why, because when you can't afford to put gas in your car, no one is going to be able to convince you. No, things are great. Everything's fine, but um, I can't put. Ga- no, it's fine. No, you're not going to buy. It. You're not an idiot. You're not an idiot. So, first of all, I don't want to say this is good news from Democrats because. Lord only knows who they do want to run instead of Biden. And it could be somebody way worse, in my opinion. Like, what was Kamala? Is that who we're talking about? Or like AOC? Or like what? what like what That style, not AOC herself, but that style, Democrat, I don't know. So I don't care about that. But what I do care about is, one, there is an acknowledgement that he's doing a bad job. He's doing a terrible job. Um, and I- I'm just curious, people at home who, who are thinking about this, what is going to be the re-election strategy here? And we can talk about this, Tyler, too. Like, what, what is that going to be? I mean, I was thinking, like, oh, love inflation? Re-elect Biden. Want to hunt for baby formula? Reelect Biden. I mean, things are just not, and I'm not saying Biden is responsible exclusively for all of these things, but things do not look good right now. Want a forced injection or lose your job? Vote Biden. Want to pay 10K for a gallon of gas? Vote Biden. I mean, what? What? The slogans write themselves. I mean, look at what's going on at the border. It's a disaster. It's a disaster. So much so that I have people, friends who live in Texas that are like, I don't know, man, what's going on here? If they're not going to take this seriously, I'm going to pick up and leave who live by the border, southern border. Oh, mask your two-year-old endlessly? Vote Biden. I mean, what, what are the positives here? Really, if you look at the last, however long he's been in office, it's actually not that long. It's shocking the damage that has been done. Not only that, people in these liberal cities are also saying, I don't know, man, this isn't looking so good. You know, it's fine when we're talking about woke politics and academia and all that. Oh, maybe I can get on board with that. But like, if I can't walk my two year old to school without worrying, I'm going to get mugged. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm out on this stuff. So I'm curious what the strategy is going to be. And I always love talking point driven people that come out and, you know, they'll have some ridiculous, like, you know, I don't know, build back better part two. And something, right? <laughs> build back even better. Or they'll like Trump will say something and they'll twist that and make up a slogan that sounds dumb. I don't know. And I don't know who's going to run against Biden, but people know better, right? Right. I mean, you know, you're sitting at home right now and you're like, I'm not going to be able to be convinced that things are good when I can't afford X, Y, and Z, when I have to like get a second job and I can't, when I've been out of work for X amount of months because I didn't get a vaccine and he encouraged these mandates. So like, you're not going to be able to convince people otherwise. So I'm curious, Tyler, like what are they going to do?
1: Um. So one thing that we didn't mention was that we left behind 84 billion dollars worth of military equipment in afghanistan which we have not seen the ramifications of mm-hmm. so that's still to come i think but i'm actually so i think you're right that uh republicans are going to win the house and the senate in 2022 yeah i think it's going to be a sweeping landslide to be honest with you i don't think it's going to make a difference i'm not excited by mitch mcconnell i'm not excited by kevin mccarthy i'm not excited by- nobody is just it's the Uniparty. party yeah, nobody is. I, you know, I'm excited that you're seeing people like J.D. Vance and Joe Kent and uh, uh, Blake Blake Adams, I think, out of mm-hmm. Arizona, who mm-hmm. the, the Peter Thiel companion. I mean, you're seeing a new faction of the Republican Party, the Conservative yeah. Party. But as far as 2024 goes, I'm actually deeply worried. Um, I don't know if Trump can win re-election. I don't. I think Trump is tricky. Yeah. I, I, the country saw what he did in 2016. And, and, and not so much what Trump himself did, but what happened the yeah. Trump effect, what it did to the country, right? My biggest fear is they're going to run Michelle in two thousand and twenty-four because they mm-hmm. have a huge opportunity. If they run the right person, mm-hmm. they could blow Trump out of the water. No, I question. don't think Michelle
0: wants that job. She could, would she be a contender? I mean, would she blow things up in a different one hundred percent? People love her, mm-hmm. and and part of the part of winning is. You're beloved, right? right? People loved, they liked Obama. They wanted to sit and have a coffee with him. And right. that was most of what was going on there. Right. They really liked him. They thought he was a genuine guy. He was likable. They liked the way he conducted his interviews. I think you bring up two two important points. One is that, first of all, no one no one cares about McConnell. Right. You know, no one, These these GOP establishment leaders, they're disappointing over and over and over again. I got involved in politics when the Tea Party was rising up. And what I loved about that movement was that it was driven by people. And that movement, you know, as a reminder, was not a backlash against Democrats. That was a backlash against Republicans who were not doing their job, who were not caring about the debt. You know, it was the Mike Lees and the Rand Pauls who were like, I'm sorry, we can't afford that. Um, Debt was a big issue. The deficit was a big issue. Low taxes was a big issue. Of course, they were painted as violent, and I went to those rallies. I didn't see any of that ever. I saw a lot of patriots. I saw a lot of people who were unhappy and holding government accountable. I didn't see any of what was the media claimed was happening. what was projecting. I mean,
1: that all came from Occupy.
0: Of course. I Occupy was in New York with Occupy. Racing. Occupy was yep. throwing
1: the feces. Occupy was beating. Yep. It's the same with the BLM protests. Oh, yeah. Always we, projection.
0: I was in New York City when the Occupy tents were downtown, and there were, like, rape tents. Right. And it was horrible. It was it was really horrible. It was filthy. It was horrible what they did to New York City. Really d- disgraceful. What was allowed to go on. But what I don't know what's going to happen in twenty twenty four. What I will say to Republicans is, I think Trump is can be problematic in many ways. You know, there are people who've already made up their minds about him one way or another, and that's you know he's not new. He's done great things. He's done things people don't like. Some love his demeanor. Some hate his demeanor. You know. He sometimes, some I always felt like sometimes I wanted him to get out of his own way. Like, you did something good. Now, just let it be good Shh, for a hot second. You know, me personally, other people felt differently. And they were like, let him go, let him go. But he's a, he is a very divisive figure, even on the right. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of what he did policy-wise was good. Ron DeSantis would be amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he wants to run. What I will say to Republicans, don't run a weakling. This is not the time. Don't run a bland like, oh, this is not your time to pull out, you know, the John McCain or the Mitt Romney. I'm not interested. I wasn't interested then. I'm not interested now. This is your time to pull someone who has a record, who's a fighter, who knows when, like, let me be quiet, who doesn't get into a lot of trouble with media, who knows how to own media in a way, a la Ron DeSantis. He does know how to own media. He knows how to put them in their place. He knows what he's talking about. He has a, a proven record in Florida. Somebody, if not him, if he doesn't want the job and he may not, someone like that. Someone who's not going to get on stage and take garbage. That's what you need. Um, And I think there's a a good shot there. I don't know what's going to happen from Democrats. Biden is a disaster. I think they know that. Kamala is a disaster. I mean, short of like a wealth of videos of her inappropriately laughing, I don't know what could be gained about. I mean, I don't know what's going on there with the really weird laughing. But other than that,
1: not to mention her speeches are written by children.
0: Yeah, it sounds like um, someone who's, Kamala Harris often sounds like someone who is giving a class, like reading their paper in front of the class, only like they're not quite prepared. Right. So I wrote this you know, last
1: minute. I didn't I wrote a last it. minute.
0: I'm hoping no one realizes. I'm just going to kind of like, and then when I do something that doesn't make any sense, I'm just going to laugh.
1: Just cackle. I'm, gonna cackle.
0: I'm going to cackle. I'm going to cackle. I'm going to cackle and hope for the best.
1: Let's not forget, she was the farthest left senator in Congress. Farther left than Bernie Sanders. Right. And she is so disliked by the American people, she couldn't even get a single electoral vote in California.
0: Oh, and they'll say it's because people are racist. No, she's terrible. Right. She's terrible. She is terrible. If you're paying attention, she's terrible. She's not a good candidate. Hillary Clinton was not a good candidate. I'm curious where it's going to go. But regardless of where it goes, you are not going to make people unsee and unfeel what they have seen and felt. You're not going to make pe- You're not going to convince the single mom at home who lost her job as she was a, say she was a nurse. She lost her job because she didn't get a jab that you insisted she get, and then she was at home trying to put food on the table for her kid, and she had to put gas in her tank to go to the grocery store, and it, it was priced the way that it is right now. You're not going to convince her that you did a good job, honey.
1: While her kids stayed at home and learned from home and couldn't get- right. Babysitting from the school, essentially, that was locked down with her for two years.
0: Right. It's, While the child had to be go through remote, and then when did go back into school, had to wear a mask. Right. Right. You're not going to convince that person that you've done a good job. I'm so, good luck. Good luck with a fancy slogan. Build back better two. Good luck. You better have a lot more than build back better part two in your back pocket because you're going to need it.
1: That's this is an interesting question though. I mean, because this this keeps popping up. Do they have anybody? I mean, do they have legitimately? I don't know. Who are they going to run? Chest feeding Pete, Beto, who eats dirt. <laughs> I mean, Kamala is awful. Elizabeth Warren is mm-hmm. awful. Bernie's too old. And he, in Bernie's uh, defense, even if he did run, the DNC wouldn't let him win.
0: No, no, they already, they already, you know,
1: twice they ran him
0: out. Yeah. They already wrecked his campaign a couple of times. Like, oh, no, you're not the guy we want. Sorry, Bernie, sit this one out. I don't know. I don't know who they have. I think their bigger bigger problem, though, is policy. I really do, because no matter what that figurehead is right now, they have to deal with reality, and reality for them sucks, Mm -hmm. because reality for a lot of Americans sucks, and a lot of it, not all of it, a lot of it, is because of their policies. So I want to close out today with something I really enjoy. Tyler's like, oh, no, it's coming. It's coming. I don't even know where the article is. Do I have it? I may not even have it printed. But Tyler has it, so we're all good. It's amazing. There is a woman out there who is sexually attracted to airplanes. And she wants to marry a toy Boeing. Can we scroll through, Tyler, to some of the images? Because it's truly remarkable to see. This is a real story. This is from the New York Post. Look at what's happening here. There's a bit of intimacy that you can see. A hug. Yep. Wants to marry the airplane. Look, there she is. Carry on. You can carry on. Down. I don't know if there's. Oh a name wait, the
1: Boeing is named Dicky.
0: The Boeing is named Dicky, which um, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I'm not going to go there, Ty. I know you want me to. <laughs> I'm not going to go there, even though you're 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 beckoning me forth. She. Um, she
1: identifies as objectum sexual. I tell you. Oh, there you go. There it is.
0: Okay. So there's a lot going on there is all I'm going to say. For a second, wow, I was confused. I thought that was legs. It's not. It's the wings of the plane. I was very confused. This is what happens when the article doesn't pull up on my computer. So listen, um, first of all, this is fascinating to me. Uh, I've never met a person who was attracted to an inanimate object in that way. I find it interesting that it's an airplane. We had a little discussion about this before the show. Does it matter if the plane is filled with people? Does that complicate matters? What if you're attracted to some of the people on the plane, but not others? I don't know. Is she talking about a real airplane? Like, is it only a miniature airplane? Is it a life-size airplane? There's a lot of questions I have. Can you be attracted to an inanimate object is a fascinating... I would love to talk to someone. Robin Booking, can you hear me wherever you are? Let's get someone on audience is like, Jed, no, really, imagine talking to someone that is attracted. I would like to know how does that wedding go? How intimate does it get? And what does that look like? Audience at home, you know, you want to know. I may be the one saying it and embarrassing myself right now. Tyler is like, but you know, you want to know. I need the details. Tyler does as well. What do you think, Tyler? Is this real or is this fake? Is this just a, a plea for attention or do you think there are people out there? Well, I,
1: I think it's a plea for attention, certainly. But I also think people are cuckoo bananas.
0: Yeah, and that brings up another point. Like, I'm a live and let live type of person. I've said that before. I'm like, hey, you know what? You want You want to marry an airplane? I don't know if you can even make that happen, but you want to bond with an airplane in ways that maybe I don't want to? You do you. But at some point, um, we do have to say, like, is this a mentally well person? What's going on here? And where we talk about slippery slopes and that I don't know where this lands. I'm scared to ask.
1: No pun intended.
0: Exactly. Scared to ask where it lands. Scared to ask what comes next. Scared to ask what other objects could be. Think about it. Or don't. All right. I need to get. Do we have some comments today that you can share? Sure. Let's take a look. Do we have some questions Real- you guys sent? By the way, I think I got a lot of feedback. By the way, um, yesterday from people, Jason included, who really appreciated that I devoted some time in the first part of the show to answering questions. Um, I sometimes forget that the comments are there, but I think it is important to go back and forth. I think it's important for you guys to know that you can get it on the live chat. You can ask. You can comment. And. If it's cool, I may bring it up. It might spur more discussion. Sometimes the comments spur more discussion than the articles, and that becomes an even better show. If you have anything, you can let me know. Yeah, Feel so, free to interrupt me.
1: Uh, we've got a few here. Uh, yeah, let's see what we got. The Garbage Monster says, channel's booming, and she's smarter than you. Uh, uh, to you. you to call I'm computer. smarter than who? You're most people, I oh, imagine. Well, there you go. Um, let's see. What else do we have here? Uh, Juliet nap julietta nap says people are unfortunately no longer taught how to think or how to do constructive criticism i don't always agree with you but your approach resonates with me
0: i appreciate that and i think i think also that's because in school you're not taught how to think anymore
1: that's absolute. you know
0: i it's funny i i that reminds me of a teacher i had when i was young i talk about this in one of my books where we i later found out we agreed on almost nothing but she really challenged me to think and to figure out what I what I liked, what I how I felt. That happens very rarely these days, um, you know. And I used to think it was a talking point, of indoctrination in schools, until I actually got into one of those schools and was on the other side of the teaching desk, and I was like looking at what was going on to my right and left, and I was like, oh, this is actually incredibly problematic. Right. And it's your taxpayer dollars, oftentimes, to send your kids to public schools. So yeah, that I appreciate that. Um, by the way, I love all you guys. I love the people who like what I say I love the people who don't like what I say and challenge me I love it all as long as you're a thinking person out there I want you here spending this hour with us
1: uh Kathy says your hair looks great oh thanks uh Scott Miller said Republicans will make huge gains in the midterms and then do nothing
0: great point oh right. apps okay you are a hundred percent right and we'll end the show with that one today it's not just about winning you are right. You are right. Make huge gains. And then what? Then we get Mitch McConnell. Oh, the compromiser. and she. Oh, I don't need your compromise. I don't need it anymore. And I know that will create controversy, too. There's a lot of people. I, I was on the PBD podcast a few, a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was a week ago, with Nikki Freed. And she was talking about how, you know, Republicans and Democrats need to sit down. And I was trying to say that all made sense to me once upon a time where I used to say, you know what, let's all just sit down. In fact, I used to be the biggest advocate, where I was like, you know what, I'm going to go on The View. Because you know what, someone out there is going to hear what I'm saying. It's going to reach someone. And then I realized that the people on the other side, oftentimes, would knock me in the kneecaps in two seconds if they had the chance and knock me out. And did. When I had a different opinion on a vaccine mandate, guess what, I was labeled misinformation, and the segment was done. In the same way, you know, Mitch McConnell's, and I remember John Boehner, oh, the John Boehner days, orange man, remember that? Always looked orange. I'm still not sure if it was makeup or what was going on there. I don't know. Self-tanner gone wrong, something happened. Regardless, they were always ready for a compromise, and Republicans are always ready to sit at the table and compromise. The left doesn't want to compromise, and they don't. They say, nope, we're going to dig our heels in. And when... Things unfolded this last year, and I realized they were going to shut businesses down and they were going to force you to get an injection. They were going to force you to put something into your body, knowing nothing about your medical history and not caring, not caring about your medical history, not caring about why you didn't want it, not even caring. It didn't matter. Once I saw that ugliness, I was like, okay, there are people on the other side that just want to take me out. They just want to take me out. They don't care. They don't care. So my passion for compromise has changed. And I'm not willing to compromise on things that I know are destructive for this country and that are destructive for my child that's growing up in this country who I want to grow up in a free society. I'm not, com- I'll sit down and I'll talk to you. I'll sit down and we'll work, you know, we'll, we'll work through what we can. But when you start talking about stuff that threatens the well being of the, the future generation, when you start talking about tough that stuff that's going to fill our cities with crime, and stuff that's going to you know, cause a lot of damage in schools and going to shove, I don't think of another way to say it, but shove woke politics in students' faces in schools, I'm not, I'm not here to compromise on that. So excellent point. I don't remember your name. I apologize. Everyone always forgets my name because it's hard. But whoever made that comment, thank you. Thank you. It's not just about getting elected. It's about getting elected and getting something done. So thank you all so much for joining us today right now i know this feels a little hot topic see but we're getting our groove in and i, I like i said the layout is going to change a little bit once the guests come on board but um for now it works for me i think it works for you let's keep it moving thanks so much for joining us today dance to some 80s music when you get out it's good for you i swear even tyler's gonna do it tyler's going home he's gonna take a shower he's gonna put on cindy Lauper. i said it just saying
1: i, I love 80s music it's there the best go. it's the best I'm, what are you going to dance
0: to? We need to dance to 80s music on the way out. Pick a song, Tyler. Do you know enough about the 80s to pick a song? I'm going to do Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Because it's true. People are like, what's be a my girl? Choice,
1: but I'm all about it.
0: There you go. Pete, what'd you say? I
1: said it wouldn't be my choice, but I'm all about it.
0: Oh, he didn't pick a song, though. So now he has to dance out of here to Girls Just Want to Have Fun, too. Sorry. You snooze, you lose, Tyler. All right, everyone. Have a great day. We'll see you back here tomorrow.